Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Hello and welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler. I am the owner of the Seckler Law Firm, and I want to uh, to, to explain what we're doing here. So I do this radio show. Uh, I've been doing this radio show for three or four years now, and what I'm trying to do is teach people the things that I see go wrong in my estate planning uh, legal practice. Um, you know, it, it, we have the the privilege of serving several hundred families a year in my law firm. Um, and when you see several hundred families a year over a decade, you learn some stuff and you see some trends. And what I try to do is spot those trends and share them with you here in hopes that you can protect yourself from uh, from some of these issues that are negatively impacting families, particularly in the retirement years where we focus a tremendous amount of our practice. Um, and if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that we host estate planning and elder law workshops that you can come to the workshops and hear what we have to say. And we, we teach you about wills and trusts and powers of attorney. And um, today's show, what I want to talk about <clears throat> is um, how I'm seeing the government take middle-class money away from you and away from your kids. I, I made the comment in uh, one of my workshops the other night. I said, in my opinion, the, the government really isn't looking out for the middle class, and a lot of people seem to agree. And then the guy said, well, can you expand on that a little bit? And I said, sure. Uh, and, and our conversation that ensued in the workshop is, is um, the topic of today's show. Um, how I continue to see the government take from middle-class Americans. And in, in at least one instance, in my opinion, outright steal uh, your money. And they've already done it. They're just waiting for it. And, and I'm going to explain that in a second. Um, now, before I get into this stuff, I have to do my disclaimer. That is, today's show is for your education. This is not legal advice. I am an attorney, I would, um, but I am not your attorney. If you have legal issues and would like um, to chat with us, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. You can go to secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, and check out one of our uh, estate planning workshops where you can learn about all this stuff. Um, so I was having this conversation about how I think the federal government stole from middle-class Americans, and you don't even know about it. And, and, you know, of course, the, the audience in the workshop really wanted to know what that was all about. And so here's what that's all about. It's this thing called the SECURE Act. Uh, the SECURE Act was a law that passed in 2019 that became law at the beginning of 2020. And, of course, COVID was dominating the news in 2020. And nobody really caught that this thing occurred. But this thing occurred, and it, it is extremely... Uh, a, a troublesome law, in my opinion. Um, but let's set the stage. So we've got the American baby boomer population moving into the retirement years right now. Um, the American baby boomers, middle class folks, have all of their money in two places. Not all their money, but the vast majority of the money is in two places. It's in one home equity, and it's in two retirement accounts, IRAs or 401ks or 403bs, right? So the money is in home equity and retirement accounts. And so let's talk about how they're going to get both of them from you. Um, retirement accounts. Why is all the money in retirement accounts? 
because this entire generation and, and still uh, took the bait of tax deferred growth, right? So, so 50 years ago, they wanted to get away from uh, defined benefit plans, pensions, because they're too expensive. And so let's just uh, provide a tax advantage way for people to save their own money, because then we don't have to fix social security, and we don't have to do all these things. And so people can save their own money. Great, fine. Uh, so people save their own money. And, and the way a retirement account works is I can put money out of my paycheck into the account before I pay income taxes. And so the money that otherwise would have gone to the IRS at that point, I get investment growth on that money. And I can get investment growth on that money for a long time. And then when I retire, then I pull the money out. Then I'm going to be taxed on that money plus the growth on that money. Fine. Uh, tax deferred growth, nothing wrong with that. Um, it's it's you know it, it can work magic over a long period of time. Here's where... Here's where they broke the promise, though. It used to be the case <clears throat> when um, when you passed away with a retirement account, if you left retirement dollars to the next generation, to your children, it used to be the case, and it was always part of the promise, it used to be the case that when the retirement money is left to the next generation, they were going to get tax-deferred money as well. Right? It was the thing called an inherited IRA. So, so mom or dad's retirement account becomes the kid's retirement account. And now when the kids hit their retirement age, not only do they have their own retirement account, but there's probably still some money left in their parents' retirement account. And now we've got upward mobility. Now we've got the ability for middle-class families to, to have wealth transfer between generations and uh, a better chance for, for the next generation to maybe not have to work so hard, maybe not have to work so long, maybe catch a few more of their kids' sporting events, all the rest, you know, the, this like beautiful vision of upward mobility. Great. It was too great. So they took it away with a thing called the SECURE Act. Now, you look at, listen to the name SECURE Act. Who's going to vote against the SECURE Act, right? I mean, what do we want? We want, we want the INSECURE Act, right? So, so there's some gamesmanship going on here. And it... You know, here's the thing about this this law. When this is a major change in tax law, a major change in tax law, and usually when there is a major change in tax law, they it's proposed, right, and then it's debated, and the lobbyists weigh in, and, and people there's a comment period, and then you know Congress. If you pay any attention to what Congress is doing, they don't agree on anything. They're not passing many individual bills, and so then what happens is if they think that is you know the the real powers that be think that it's a good idea, it gets stuck onto an appropriation bill, and then the thing gets passed, and nobody understands what they just signed, and now we've got this new bill. But that's not what happened with the Secure Act. The Secure Act passed almost unanimously on its own without any public discourse about what this thing was, right? It, and so usually when there's a major change in the law, there is um, a proposed law, right? And, and, and it will hit the newspapers that, that the, the Senate and the Congress is, is debating this new change in the law. Uh, that's not what happened. What happened in October of 2019 is we got a headline in the Wall Street Journal that said the U.S. House of Representatives had passed the SECURE Act. They'd passed it. Well, what's this thing? Let's, let's take a look at what the SECURE Act is. Um, and here's what the SECURE Act does. It used to be the case that when you left retirement money to the kids, the kids would take an inherited IRA. Okay. Um, and so let's, let's do some math. So let's say my father, I hope this is not true, dad. I know you listen to the show. Thanks for listening. Let's say my dad passes away 
when I'm 55. I know I want you to live a lot longer than that, but I'm giving myself some easy math here. Okay. So let's say that my dad passes away when I'm 55. That would put him, what, mid-80s? <clears throat> Fine. Um, he dies. He leaves me a $200,000 retirement account. Great. Now, I have dad's inherited IRA. This is pre-secure. So what it used to be with an inherited IRA is I could take dad's money, dad's retirement money, and I, I could let it grow like an IRA, continued tax-deferred growth on tax-deferred growth. Beautiful, right? And I'd have to take a little bit out every year, but most of that money would stay in the account and, and get tax-deferred growth. Now let's talk about what that means. If, if I inherit dad's, dad's account, it's $200,000, and I'm 55 years old, and let's say I put it in an index fund. Um, and if you watch the stock market, not every year, it's not consistent, but if you watch the stock market for the last 50 years, it averages 7% growth, right? So let's just pretend that we live in a pretend world where I can get 7% growth every year. So because here's the interesting thing about 7% growth. 7% growth on money means that money doubles every 10 years, roughly, all right? So dad leaves me $200,000, and I'm 55 years old. So by the time I'm 65 years old, maybe thinking about retirement, it's now 400000 But let's say I can hold on to it. By the time I'm 75 years old, it doubles again. So now it's $800,000. And let's say maybe I'm lucky enough where I don't actually need to spend it because I've got other money, and now I can pass this to my kids. So I let the thing run until I'm 85. Between my 75th birthday and my 85th birthday, it doubles again. $800,000 turns into $1.6 million in a retirement account that I could potentially leave to my children, my, my dad's grandchildren, right? Now, that's beautiful. 30 years tax-deferred growth, money could go from $200,000 to $1.6 million, all else being equal. Now, that's fantasy world, right? We don't get 7% fixed for 30 years. So let's, let's factor in some market corrections and just say that over 30 years, the money um, goes to 800,000. Instead of 1.6, let's just cut it in half and say that 200 grand turned into 800,000. That's a, that's a reasonable, reasonable assumption. Okay. <clears throat> so dad's 200,000 turns into 800,000. Beautiful. This is, this is upward mobility. This is the ability for me to retire 10 years earlier. This is the ability for me maybe then not to retire because I'm really not interested, but, but to transfer the kids, the, the money to my children. And then, and then they can pursue other dreams with less stress. It's, it's beautiful. And so they took it away with the SECURE Act. Now what happens with the SECURE Act <clears throat> is when the money goes to the kid, the kid has to pull all the money out within the first 10 years. And we don't get to wait till year 10. We have to pull the money out incrementally over the 10 years. Okay. So what have we lost here? We've lost 20, 30 years of tax-deferred growth. Right? Because now we got to pull the money out sooner. That costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to your kids. Here's the next thing. If I'm 55, what are most 55-year-olds still doing? They're still working. And when I'm 55, if plan goes, you know, if things work out as I plan, I will be in my highest wage earning years of my career. Right. Um, and so, remember. IRA money, 401k money, is ordinary income. It's not capital gains like the rich folks pay. It's ordinary income, right? If, so if I'm in my highest wage earning years, what are we talking about? 33% income tax on this money? So now dad leaves me $200,000. I'm 55 years old. 
I have to pull the money out within the first 10 years and I'm in a high income tax bracket, that money is going to get smoked. Forget about 800000 Forget about $1.6 million. Dad's $200,000 is worth about a buck eighty because the IRS is taking it all. Now, when I explain this to people, they get mad. And here we are four years later, and nobody knows about this, right? They have flat out stolen your children's inheritance. That's what happened here. And so why does nobody know about it? Well, it's the perfect crime. The perfect crime is you steal something, and the person you stole it from doesn't know, right? So think about this. The SECURE Act, if you're a baby boomer with an IRA, the SECURE Act does not impact your retirement. In fact, they dangled this little carrot out that says you can delay taking the money out of the IRA for two years. Big whoop, right? So so now what happens is you don't even know. It doesn't impact your retirement. Now, you pass away in 30 years. <clears throat> your children who inherit the money in 30 years aren't going to know that 30 years ago this would have been worth a heck of a lot more money, Right? I don't know. I'm just going to take what I get. I'm going to go buy my red car, right? And so they have stolen from you. They have stolen from your children, and neither you nor your children know about it. That's what they did with the SECURE Act. Now, let's think about this for a second. We're currently in an environment where there is essentially no federal estate tax, okay? Now, this may change in the next couple of years, but you can currently pass away with more than 13 million dollars and there's no death tax and if you have 13 million dollars that money is likely not ira money it money is in capital investments and when you pass away there's no capital gains tax either so somebody if i had 10 million dollars i could leave 10 million dollars to my kids no federal estate tax no capital gains tax because they get a thing called stepped up basis which you know, we can dig into some other day, but no tax on that money. Great. Look, I would love to be a person with $10 million. I would love to to transfer that wealth to my kids. I'm not judging the person. I'm just asking some questions here about the system, because if we can leave $10 million, and that's each. That's, for a married couple, it's $26 million with, without any federal estate tax. No death tax, okay? Now, most of us can agree, and you'd be surprised because people with $20 million may not uh, define themselves as wealthy. It's all relative, right? You're always looking up. But somebody with $20 million can currently transfer their their stuff to their kids with no death tax <clears throat> in, at the federal level. And, you know, to, to most of us, that's that's a rich person, right? $20 million, $20 million couple, that, that's a wealthy couple, right? So, so no death tax on that couple. Now, you take a retired school teacher who managed to scrap together owning her own home and saving a half a million dollars in in the school 403B plan, and and now the Peasers plan in Pennsylvania. And now we've we've got a person who has worked her tail off teaching kids, doing it the way that she was supposed to do it, living life the right way. She's got a half a million dollars. She passes away. She leaves that to her kids. No federal estate tax. However her kids are going to pay income tax on this 401k plan or this retirement account that went to the kids. And now they have to pay the tax within a defined period of time after mom passed away because she passed away. And folks, that's a death tax, 
right? Now, technically, it's in the income tax code, but we're living in an environment where there is not a federal state tax on wealthy people, and there is a death tax on middle class people because their money's in retirement accounts. That's the world we live in. I got nothing against wealthy people. A lot of my clients are wealthy people. I'd love to be a wealthy people, but that's the environment that we live in. There's a death tax on middle-class Americans. There is not a death tax on wealthy people. Well, why did they do this? Because you didn't know about it. It's the long game. They're playing the long game here. <clears throat> and when they passed the bill, <clears throat> this is just a little anecdote about the Secure Act. When they passed the bill, I called both Pennsylvania senators because the House of Representatives had passed the bill. Next, it's on to the Senate, right? Um, I call... I call Toomey's office and I call Casey's office. Now, Bob Casey's office never returned my phone call. This is not meant to be political. They just never returned my phone call. Uh, Toomey's office returned my phone call in like 30 minutes. Um, not him, of course, but like his Western Pennsylvania guy calls me. And the guy says, I understand you, you called about that Secure Act that was in the, uh, you know, the newspaper this morning. I said, yes, sir, I did. He says... I understand you don't like it. I said, I don't think so. You know, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I kind of doubt you guys have. I didn't say that. That's just what I thought. I said, no, I, I don't like it. And he says, um, I understand you're an estate attorney. I said, yes, sir. He goes, great. Can you tell us what it is? Now, let's think about this for a second. The U.S. House of Representatives had already passed this bill. Now I've got a United States senator's office asking me, an attorney from Cranberry, what it is after the House of uh, Representatives had already passed it almost unanimously, uh, unanimously. You tell me the fix wasn't it. So I explain it to this guy. The guy says, well, I don't like that at all. And I said, great. Thanks for listening. Um, and I'm, like, dancing around the office that day. You know, the, democracy works. You know, these guys, uh, Toomey's never going to vote for this thing. Um, and um, about three weeks later, Toomey voted for the thing. Everybody did. This is not meant to be political. They all voted for it. There's some people from western Pennsylvania whose names were on the bill. And so I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, they have flat out stolen from their voters. That's what's going on. People were enticed to save in these accounts. And part of the reason, whether you knew it or not, part of the deal when you saved in this account, the law said your kids could receive an inherited IRA. So you invest in these accounts for 40, 50 years. 40, 50 years later, it's now game time. It's now retirement time. And they changed the rules. And they're going to tax the money heavier than what they told you they were going to do. And you should be furious, furious. It's cost the baby boomer generation children trillions of dollars. And when, when you really get into this, you know, the war on the middle class and, and how people are impacted by this stuff, it's, it's, it's sneaky. It's like this. It's not, they don't just raise the income taxes on the middle class and not the wealthy people. They do this sneaky stuff. And here's the other sneaky thing that happens. Long-term care. Long-term care is effectively a tax on the middle class, okay? Because if we consider this for a second, nursing homes in Pennsylvania cost about $150,000 a year. If you go to longtermcare.gov, let's go to longtermcare.gov right now. Longtermcare.gov says one third of us will need a nursing home for a year or more. It says 
two-thirds of us, 70%, someone turning – this is a direct quote from longtermcare.gov. Someone turning 65 today has almost a 70% chance of needing some type of long-term care. Women need care longer, 3.7 years versus men at 2.2 years. And one-thirds, one-third of today's 65-year-olds may never need long-term care support, but 20%, 20% folks will need it for more than five years, right? Okay, long-term care. 20% of us are going to need it for more than five years. Nursing homes in Pennsylvania, today's dollars, I'm not talking about in the future. Today's dollars, 150000 In the future, 200000 And Medicare, the system that we paid into, if you're 65, the system you've been paying into your entire life, with the promise that when you turn 65, you will have health coverage in your retirement years. Medicare doesn't pay for it. Medicare only pays for acute care. Now, this is overgeneralization, but if, if somebody has a heart attack and needs open-heart surgery and a helicopter ride and, and a stay in a nursing home for a couple of weeks for, for rehab and then they go home and the nurses stops by to check the numbers and all the rest, and this is beautiful, like the magicians in the hospital system do their job and the person recovers. Medicare pays for that because that's all acute care. Coinsurance co-pays, yes, but Medicare is doing the heavy lifting. The same person has a stroke, and the medical community does their magic, but the person's had a bad stroke, and now they need a nursing home. And let's say that that's three years. That person's going to live in the nursing home for three years. That's going to be north of $450,000, and Medicare doesn't pay for it. It's long-term care. It's not acute care. Medicare is in the acute care business, not the long-term care business. So who does this impact? It impacts the middle class. Because people that have no money, I love you, I love you, this isn't a knock, people who have no money are automatically on Medicaid benefits and the nursing home is free. People who have $20 million, that's $150,000 a year. But that retired school teacher who managed to scrap together a half a million dollars and she gets with a $450,000 medical bill on her way out, it's gone. Kids aren't going to inherit anything. She worked her entire life to give it to her long-term care needs. And, you know, it just, you, you look at this and you think, well, it's not, it's not technically a tax, right? But there's been some decisions made along the way that this is the result of the system, right? This is the result of the decisions. Along the way, there's been a cumulative course of action that has resulted in the middle class getting hosed again. And so if they don't get it while you're alive through long-term care, they take it when you pass away through the SECURE Act. Okay, now, this is why for a lot of my clients, I explain to my clients, and this is the type of thing that you learn at our estate planning workshops, that estate planning is not synonymous with death planning, okay? Estate planning, when done properly, is not just who gets the stuff when I pass away. Estate planning, when done properly, is how do I make sure that I have a secure retirement? How do I protect my money? How do I protect my home from this broken system? Because I'm watching the people up the street go broke, and I'm reading about people going broke online, and I don't want to go broke. And the government, the government rules are not helping you. Okay. Now, here's the thing about it, though. 
there are some helpful government rules if you understand the rules. See, so you think about the government system as the wind, right? The wind is blowing whether you like it or not, right? Now, some people, some people decide to not pay attention to the wind. Some people decide to be tumbleweeds and just go wherever the wind goes, right? But then other people are watching the wind and they're learning from the wind and they understand that the wind can be helpful if you understand how the wind works. And those people are like eagles, right? Those people use the wind to their advantage, right? And, and part, of, part of my message to, to, to listeners and part of my message to my clients is some of these rules bear opportunities. Um, and the way I see the estate planner's role, the elder law attorney's role, the way I see it is to make the rules work for the people who play by the rules. If you understand the rules, imagine playing football and not understanding the rules. You'd be offsides every play, right? Um, and, and so in retirement, let's understand the rules so that we're not offsides on every play, so that we're not just a tumbleweed going along wherever the thing goes. Um, and what does that mean? It means asset protection work. It means, it means more than just a simple will that says who gets the stuff when I pass away. But if we take the time to understand it, like maybe by coming to an estate planning workshop, then then you'll see, oh, I don't have to be subject to this. I can make decisions that benefit my family um, and, and protect the money and make sure that my kids receive an inheritance. Um, and, and, you know, that's sort of my, my mission with my law firm, my mission with this radio show. I hope you found today's show uh, to be informative and helpful. If you want to come to one of the workshops, go to secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Check out the workshops. Uh, we're going to teach you how to protect yourself, your money, and your family uh, from, these, from these crazy government rules. And so I hope you found today's uh, episode informative. I frankly hope it ticked you off a little bit. Um, and, and maybe that'll get you to, to, to take some action. Uh, but remember, today is for your education. Don't make any decisions based on what you heard on this or any other radio show. This stuff is complicated. If you need legal help, you need to find a lawyer. Go to secularlawfirm.com, and we'd love to help you. Thanks for listening, uh, and uh, we'll see you here next week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.